When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Cricket Badger IPL Daily Podcast 2021. The Indian Premier League 14th edition. It's great to have you with us. From the first match all the way to the final. Chennai Super Kings. Delhi Capitals. Kolkata Knight Riders. Mumbai Indians, Punjab Kings, Rajasthan Royals, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, Sunrisers, Hyderabad. May the best team win. Brought to you in association with Who Knows Wins, put your money where your mates are, and play along with the Cricket Badger. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the IPL 2021 Daily Podcast. I'm going to take you all the way through from now, all the way to the end of the tournament. We'll see who lifts the trophy in around a couple of months' time. But until then, we're just doing these previews. Various things have come out. We've done the big fan badger chat yesterday. I'll split them up and they're going to appear on the podcast platform in their own separate franchises too, so you can get them in bite-sized form as well. But as you know, the kind of premise of the, the Fan Badger podcasts are that we get fans on and they talk about their respective passions for cricket, their own teams, and share kind of comments and have debates on the podcast. And it works really well. We get the balanced arguments all the way through. Ash Turner has been one of my guests on the Big Bash podcasts and also on the India Against England podcast that we've done over the last four months. And Ash has set up his own podcast. He's gone rogue. He's set up his own and he's in competition with me. Not really. I think it's great that everybody's setting up cricket podcasts. The more, the merrier, I think, on uh, cricket podcast platforms. As he'd always given his time up for the Cricket Badger podcast, when he asked me to go on his podcast to talk about the IPL, I was more than happy to do it. In fact, it was quite nice not to be asking the questions for once and for somebody to be asking me my opinion so I could spout off for a, for a while. So I went on the Down at Third Man podcast with Ash and his cohort aide, and we talked all about the IPL. They'd be very kind to let me have the audio as well to stick it on the Cricket Badger podcast platform. Give their podcast a listen. Down at Third Man, they talk about all things cricket and also North Staffordshire League as well. That's right at the end. They let me go before they got into that chat. But I'm sure that's very interesting as well. So wish them all the best with their podcast. Thank them for their invite and thank Ash for his time on the Cricket Badger podcast. And here's my chat with Ash and Aid about all things IPL 2021. It's that Badger style. 
Well, how are we, James? I'm good, Ash. I'm good. It makes a change, this, doesn't it? Because you're usually on my podcast, and uh, I'm now listening to you doing intros and stuff, and with you and Aids. I'm, yeah, looking forward to tonight. Yeah, I haven't messed it up yet, which is a miracle <laughs> in itself. <laughs> down at the, what did you say last week? I said just down at man last week, down so God help us. Um, so, for anyone who doesn't know, James runs the Cricket Badger podcast, and obviously the accounts that go with it on social media. I think it's fair to say the Cricket Badger podcast must be in sort of the top five podcasts around the world. Was it number one in Sri Lanka, was it, the other week? I'll tell you what, it's, it's been in number one in countries I've never heard of um, and certainly <laughs> never been to. Um, but it's great, isn't it? When you, when you put something out there and you put... I mean, you, you know now about editing it and all the time you have to put into doing it, getting your guests on and everything, setting it all up. And when, you, um, when you're doing a daily one and you know people in parts of the world all over the place are listening, it's always good. Yeah, I mean, we were, what were we laughing at the other week was it Nepal were listening to as one person in Nepal. I mean, God help them listening to what happened, what the goings are going-ons are in Stoke-on-Trent. They must be completely lost, but fair play to them. Obviously, the whole point of getting James on today is to talk about the IPL. Obviously, it starts next Friday, sorry, I should say, shouldn't it? It starts next Friday. A big game as well to start it off, which will be interesting. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we get into sort of the in-depth stuff, looking at the teams... Why is it that we think the IPL is sort of the biggest in the world, James? What What is it about the IPL that makes it so special, would we say? I think there's a few ingredients in that. And the, the fact they got there first, if you go back in time, the ECB at the time were trying to set themselves up with Alan Stanford in the West Indies and trying to get those million dollars that were flown into the Lords on a crate. Um, and that all went horribly wrong um, for Alan Stanford and for the ECB, really. Alan Stanford ended up in prison. Um, And whilst all that was going on, the BCCI in India was setting up the IPL. And obviously with 1.4 billion people in India, plus a expats all over the world who are all basically cricket mad. They haven't got um, the Premier League football or anything there. They obviously watch ours, but cricket is their first sport. So they've got a bit of a head start like that, haven't they? That they can set up eight franchises and and get it all kicking and and singing and dancing with a bit of razzmatazz. All of their cricket heroes, the Rohit Sharmas and Virat Kohli's, or back in the day, the Sachin Tendulkar's. And it uh, it works rather well for them. Obviously, COVID's going to play a little bit of a part this time, all on neutral grounds and slightly different kind of feel to it. But it's better than last year. It was delayed to the autumn last year in the United Arab Emirates. So that was kind of a bit more adrift. I think the Indian public felt a bit further away from it last year. But now it's back in India, even though they can't go. It's just down the road. Yeah, I think it's good until it returns to India. I know, as you say, the crowds aren't going to be there, but it just seems a bit more right. It seems a bit weird, I think, playing playing in other countries. A bit like Liverpool playing a home game in Istanbul was utterly bizarre. It would have been much better even if it was just at Anfield. Is that empty, so. <laughs> well, yeah, they may claim so, to be fair, but <laughs> they've got a good record there, if nothing yeah. else. <laughs> so... Obviously, I think quite a lot of English fans, I think it's a split. I think half of people love to watch it. Um, and I'm sure me and Ada watch as much of it as we can physically manage in between work and stuff. But obviously, work. quite... Yeah, yeah, you're back work now. You're not feeling life, you know. But I guess a lot of other people are maybe a bit against it, the old pyjama cricket. But why would you suggest that, to, especially to like the North Staff lads who, who are listening, why why should they give it a go and give it a listen? Watch, um, I, I just think if you like cricket, um, you're missing out if you don't watch it. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive traditionalist, as you know. I love Test cricket. Um, I follow Test cricket all the way around the world. But 
doesn't put me off following the T10 leagues, the T20 leagues, whatever else is going on. If it's cricket, I'll watch it. Apart from the hundred, but that's another story. That's a whole new another podcast. <laughs> um, but the I think the the IPL is just like I say, it's the, it's the first big one. England invent everything, don't they? And then they pass it on to everybody else, and they take it on and make it better. But uh, the IPL has got such amount of money behind it. I mean, that's, I think, puts some people off, the fact it's such big cash, and they, they think that all these people are going there to be mercenary. But let's face it, if somebody offered us £500,000 to go and um, be in India for six weeks, we'd take it to play a bit of cricket. But it's it's just, just the fact that you've got all of these um, franchises with some of the biggest names in world cricket, including a lot of English players in it this year and last year, um, ben Stokes, Joss Butler, Chris Wokes, Sam Curran c- could carry on for hours to reading off the, the English names. Um, but sitting in a dressing room next to Virat Kohli, sitting in the dressing room next to Chris Gale, um, I just I just really love that kind of dynamic and the fact that you get eight teams. And I think if it's it's like anything, isn't it? if you don't pay it enough attention and you just dismiss it, it just becomes something you're not bothered about. If you actually give it a bit of intention and you start to invest yourself into it, like you did with the big bash over the um, over the winter, you start to actually get a bit of an allegiance to certain teams. You kind of pick up on your favourite players, and you end up going back every every day to watch a bit more. Yeah, I think that's it. I think big bash. I've I've grown to watch it more and more. And then, as you say, this year invested by getting involved in the cricket badger dailies, and I would I don't think I missed many, if any, games. If I wasn't watching them, I was making sure I was listening to them. And I think I'd imagine it'll be the same with the IPL. And I think. As you say, it's just, I understand people's sort of, I don't know what, the, I can't think of the word, sort of prejudice towards it, but it's a bit snob. It's, like, it's, like, it's like snobbery, isn't it? You know, it's kind yeah. of like, you know, it doesn't quite fit into my view of how cricket should be, so I'm just going to completely dismiss it and call it rubbish. But I, I don't think it's that simple, really. And the, the world's changing, and you're never going to get rid of T20 franchise cricket. You're never going to get rid of that shorter form game because that's what brings the cash in. And ultimately, as much as we hate to think it, you know, we, we think cricket's the first and foremost and everybody should be just playing for the love of the game. But ultimately, it's, it's money makes the world goes, go round these days and, and the IPL brings in the cash. Ah, uh, money makes the world go round in the North Staffs League too, <laughs> don't it, dude? Well, that's been <laughs> mentioned on too many podcasts of ours. Right now, I think it's time we have a little look at, at the sides because I'm sure quite, quite a few locals will probably know bits and bobs. And I think... Obviously, I'm sure the few in- listeners that we have over in India will definitely know all these teams, but I think quite a few few won't as well. So I think it'll be interesting to talk about them. And I'm going to go in alphabetical order just to make my life easier, so I know what on earth I'm going on about. You see, you're going to do this, and I did a preview earlier on today with a few people you know, and I said, right, I'm going to start with alphabetical order, and I chose Delhi Capitals to be my first team. You're going to tell me why well, that's the wrong choice now, eh? Well, I was going to go with Chennai Super Kings because I think C becomes before D, but I, I could think, be. I think, I think you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, the Chennai Super Kings, the second the most successful. Side. Well, the OAP side, yeah. The second most successful team in the IPL ever, but last year finished seventh. And I think, to be honest, in the end, they were almost lucky to finish seventh. But they're well known for, obviously, Dhoni. And as Ada said, the veterans, they've got Rainer, they've got Faf, they've got Imran Tahir. Dwayne Bravo, plenty of old names, but they have got a couple of English lads in there as well. What, what, based on last year's sort of looking ahead at the looking at the additions they've made, what, what, what are we thinking of Chennai to for this year? I, th- I think, I mean, the first thing is that they they did the auction in February where teams could have a bit of a fiddle, they, they could get rid of a few players and then spend the cash on bringing a few replacements in, and a lot of teams did that. And it was about two weeks later the um, BCCI. 
announced that every game was going to be played on a neutral venue. Now, CSK have had a lot of success at their home ground, which is a, a slow turner, basically. They've bought a lot of spinners um, and they've had a lot of success in the IPL, as you mentioned, second most successful side. So at the IPL, they brought in Moen Ali, um, they brought in uh, Cheteshwa Pajara because he was going to be good on the low, slow tracking at Chipak. And um, so they kind of built up their um, strengths a little bit, thinking, right, home dominance is going to be where it's at. And then got told a couple of weeks later that every game is going to be on a neutral venue and then they're going to go where near, nowhere near their home ground. So I'm not quite sure the money they've spent has gone exactly how they wanted it. But obviously Moen Ali, as I mentioned, there. Sam Curran's there as well um, from an English side of things. MS Doney's probably the most high profile. He, despite Virat Kohli's efforts and everything, MSD is still, I think, the much most loved Indian cricketer behind um, Sachin Tendulkar. Um, so they've got a massive support, CSK. Um, but last year, it was the first year that they've not made the playoffs uh, and they're looking to bounce back. But I'm not quite sure this is their year. I think they might have to wait another year because they'll get a major auction next time. There'll be a massive reshuffle where the auction lasts for two days and you lose interest after about two hours and you read the paper the following day to find out what's going on. But um, I think CSK, it might be just another year too early for them. They're cruising dad's army because they're getting a bit older and I think they might have to wait to get a few fresh legs. I can't just can't see them improving enough, as you say. I mean, Sam Curran was the star last year. Do we think he's going to be their star this year, or is there is there a new name to come out? I know, I know, Pajara was uh, was was looking good in in nets actually the other day, but well, I don't think he's going to I'm be the star. Saying, I was like, most of them is being caught on the boundary. There was no but, way they were going for big sixes. <laughs> well, don't, don't you think, Age? You, you see, I, I saw that before Hardik Pandya started playing in the one day series against England. And you watch him in the nets and you're thinking, blimey, is it in that miles? But when you actually analyse it, some blokes just dolly in a path volleys and he's cracking it for... I mean, we could all do that. It's when you get a proper bowler coming up against you and oh. it's short outside the off stump and you're wafting your bat and missing it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think... I mean, I mean Chetishwa Pajara is a really good player. He's got quite a good record in one-day cricket. Whether he'll get too many games for CSK, I don't know. But you've set me up with Saren Cur- Sam Curran, haven't you? Because I've made a, mm-hmm. a point on the podcast that I don't think he'd be in... If you if you got England at full strength in all three formats, he wouldn't be in my team in any of them. He'd just be outside because I think he's a very good cricketer. I don't think he's quite in the England's first eleven. CSK rate him really highly. MSD loves him, um, and he got gradually further up their order as they they were rubbish last year. So you may see him going in quite early, and obviously he got that big knock for England. So he's kind of done his credentials no harm just before the IPL. But I just yeah I just don't think. I mean he was he was the star of CSK last year, um, but they were really him and uh, Gagquad, the young Indian at the top of the order, they're the only two that came out with any credit. Yeah, he, although he was the star, he didn't he didn't have much competition, I guess, is the is the the cruel but true way to look at it with him. Uh, so where where do we think then? If we have to put a, a number from one trait where we're ranking sort of the Super Kings amongst amongst the eight now? I, I think they're gonna do slightly better than they did last year. Stephen Fleming's a very clever head coach. Um, he knows his stuff and I think they'll have learnt from the neutral venues in the UAE. So I don't think they'll finish as low as seventh, but I'm not going to put them in the playoffs. I think they'll probably just finish outside. I'll give them sixth. Ooh. I think Ooh. that was good to say. Oh, that's, that's what I got. <laughs> not qualifying. That's what I'm saying anyway. Dad's, yeah, Dad's army isn't, isn't making it in the top four. Tony's <laughs> Dad's army. Who knows wins? Put your money where your mates are. Download the app now from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Next up is, is according to, to James, is the first in the alphabet, but that is Dali Capitals. 
Now they I've got, got, got sunrises. I about the next. Delhi <laughs> <laughs> uh, Capitals came second last year. Really well. I'll be honest. I I was really backing them to maybe be the dark horse in the final and and pull off a, a super show because I, I just really liked Rabada and Nokia, but it just wasn't wasn't to be in the end. Obviously, they've, they've added Billings and Curran, two English lads this year. I don't know how much those two will necessarily play. They've got Wokes, obviously, as, as well on their side, who didn't play last year. But they, they've got they've got a lot of, of big names. They've they've had Rishabh Pant now as the captain, with Shreyas Iyer being out injured. Do, do we think the Capitals can do as well as last year, or can they even push push on and be finally get that win? They could do. I don't think they will win it, but I think they're going to be there or thereabouts again. Um, Shreyas Iyer is a big miss because he's the, been a captain for the last few years. They had the rebrand a couple of years ago and it seems to have changed their fortunes. Changing your name seems to make you play better. Uh, finished third in 2019, second in 2020. Richard Pant's interesting, isn't he? I mean, we we um, have loved him on the Cricket Budget podcast over the last couple of months, watching him play in all of the three formats for India. And he's coming into this IPL with with huge confidence and obviously a lot of talent. And I just wondered if it was the right time to give him the captaincy. You know, temptation for me would have been to just say, go out there, Rishab, and just do what you do best and, and smack the ball as far as you can. Um, but he has captained in the past. And sometimes giving somebody the captaincy actually just makes them play even better, doesn't it? And he, he might be one of those because he is a, you know energetic, enthusiastic individual. There's a lot of experience in that side as well. We saw Ravi Ashwin in the Test Series against England, destroyers. Basically, um, in India, Shikhar Darwin um, is really experienced. So is Ajinkya Rahani. You mentioned some of the English lads over there as well. I don't think they're going to play too much. But the interesting one, Steve Smith, who was the captain of Rajasthan Royals last year, um, and he's gone for qu- quite cheap money um, in the auction. Rajasthan released him, and he's been picked up purely as a batsman for um, for Delhi. I think he goes um, to to the IPL with a little bit of a point to prove after a bit slightly disappointing season last year. So it's going to be interesting watching him. Um, Tom Curran has gone down in my estimations no end over the last few months. Um, and they, he was their biggest purchase at the auction. I'm not quite sure they'll be wishing they'd done that now because he's certainly not in, in the best of form. Sam Billings has got a slight injury doubt, but we know he can finish games as well. But whether he gets into their top four overseas, I'm not so sure either. But I think Delhi Capital's got a real chance. Um, and I'm going to stick them. In third. Oh, he's got the same as me. <laughs> yeah. This is if you might know what you're on about, dude. That's the concerning thing. I think it might just be good guesses, I think. Yeah. Just a quick one for me. I'd really, really I don't know if he will play much. I'd be probably not, if, if I'm honest, looking at the lineup. But I would love to see Chris Wokes play plenty in this IPL because for me, he's a real good outside bet for, for make that World Cup squad as someone who can really bowl those power play overs and those middle overs that I think we're now or we seem to be missing or seem to have been missing since probably I guess you're looking at Plunkett maybe and also since Tom Curran seems to have fell off a cliff basically doesn't yeah, I mean, seem it, to play that much 2020 cricket though does he really and, he, and he's, he's, his record overseas isn't fantastic, is it? And if you look at the Delhi team, you're probably looking, well, you're certain. Well, I mean, he might play in the early games because I think Kahisa Rabada and Henrik Nokia arrived to the IPL a little bit late, so they missed the first few games. That might be Wokes' chance to just kind of show his worth and, and, and make his case for later selection. But if you're looking at their strongest 11, you've got Nokia and Rabada. Rabada got the purple cap last year and bowled brilliantly and gets loads of, gets loads of wickets at the death. You got their spinners in Axel Patel and Ravi Ashwin, who we've seen in 
in Indian colours know how good they can be. And then you've got the all-round talents of uh, somebody like Marcus Stoinis. So they're probably the five main bowlers in that uh, Delhi side. So he kind of, if you're not one of those, you've got Amish Dav coming back into that setup as well. And obviously with four overseas, that's one of the key things with this IPL. You can you can read a, a squad list that's got you know eight fantastic overseas players. They can only play four of them. Um, so you've got to kind of pick your 11 with the balance right to get your batting overseas in and your bowling overseas in and yeah, maybe have to disappoint a few. And maybe the English lads at Delhi might be more disappointed than playing. Yeah. Do you think Smith plays? Do you, do you think Steve Smith starts? Um, I, I think um, the, one of the reasons they made Rishabh Pant captain was because they didn't want to give it to Steve Smith because he was obviously one of the other candidates for it. Yeah. And if you give him the captaincy, you, you have to play him. And there's one of your four overseas picks straight away, gone. Because, he, you know, you've got to play your skipper. Um, and I think the reason they haven't given it to him is because he's not a definite starter. But with Shreyas Iyer out, then that might change that a little bit. Because Shreyas Iyer is kind of like your gluey... When you say he's the kind of the core of the kind of batting, it makes him sound a little bit boring. But, you know, it's like you kind of knock it around at more like 120 rather than 160 runs, runs per 100 balls. And that's the that's the role that Steve Smith might play in Shreya Sire's stead. So that might just change their selection policy. So he may get a few more games than he might have done. Because if Rahane plays, then you're probably going to go Hetmeyer because he's the one that can get get on with it a bit more, can't he? Absolutely. I mean, and if you've got the choice between Rahane and Smith and you're thinking they're both about the same, mm. you play Rahane because then you can pick another overseas yeah, somewhere else. Then, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Right. Next up is... KKR, which I know is going to be AIDS, uh, Dark Horses, the Calcutta Knight Riders. Now, speaking of teams that are stacked with a great bunch of overseas, obviously Owen Morgan's the captain, so he's nailed on. And then you've got Dre Russ, Son on the Rhine, Pat Cummins, Lockie Ferguson, Shakib Alassane, Ben Cutting. I mean, how do you how do you decide what four you're going to pick? I think they almost messed up last year by not picking Lockie Ferguson because he was a backup, and then he ended up probably being being the best bowler for me in the end for probably the back half of that season. So where do you think the KKR go from here? Obviously, they've got the best... Well, they've got one of the best captains in the world. Everyone's going to bat, bat Morgan. I can't believe that... For me, I can't believe that they won't make the playoffs this year. But I think they're a really interesting headache when it comes to team selection. I mean, one of the points to make as well before we get on to that is that it's Dinesh Kartik's side and he's the new English fans' favourite, isn't he? Because he was fantastic yes, on the commentary. Um, so I think a lot of people will be watching him a little bit to see how he can play after watching him doing this commentary stint. But you're right. I mean, you look at that. I mean, if, if Andre Russell, Dre Russ, Russ the Muss or whatever you're going to call him, um, is, uh, is fully fit and firing, then he starts. He's your number one name on the team sheet. Two years ago in the IPL, he got the MVP. He's won that twice. He he scored 510 runs at over 200 strike rate. And that's something like 300 runs more than anybody else that's uh, gone along at such, you know, over 200 strike rate. He was winning games from ridiculous, you know, games that were long dead. He was coming out and hitting sort of 24 every over and winning them. Um, so he is absolutely huge for them. If he fires, they can go all, anything can happen to KKR if he's, if he's on song. Um, but obviously, Owen Morgan takes a spot. So if you're giving another one to Andre Russell, Pat Cummings is the, one of the most expensive players that's ever been bought in for um, the IPL. So if you put him on the bench, that's kind of money down the drain. So you've got to play him. And he's also one of the best bowlers around, isn't he, if he's on, if he's on form. 
But then you've got the like, I mean, Shakib Alassane was bought at the auction and you're thinking, where does he fit? Because he is a really good one day player. He provides you overs and he can score runs, but I can't see how he gets into that side. So, and Sunil Nareen, he's got a long and quite proud record in T20s and the IPL particularly, but he lost his action last year. He has opened for them to quite a lot of success, but they seem to have ditched that plan now. So it is going to be really interesting to see. And we haven't mentioned Lockie Ferguson either. So, um, but Andre Russell definitely starts. Nitish Rana apparently went down with COVID this morning. So that's something that's a bit of concern for not just the KKR, but for the tournament as well. Because obviously there's a little bit of a spike in, in India. Um, and obviously the last thing that the uh, BCCI will want to do is to try and postpone it or to try and move it at this stage. So they'll be hoping the bio bubble stay as secure as possible. But it's going to be really interesting because KKR have been really inconsistent down the years. They finished fifth in the last uh, two editions. So they've just missed out on the playoffs um, the last twice that they've played. They won the competition in 2012 and 2014. Um, but those dates are getting quite a long way away now and they're quite a proud franchise and they want to get some success again. Um, so it's going to be, yeah, going to be really interesting to see how they get on. You're going to ask me where they finish in a second, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to be interested because I think age probably got these down in second is my guess. I didn't, I didn't think that far ahead, mate, but... Well, I've got them to be fifth. Ooh, just miss out again. Yeah. That'd be cruel, but I, I can... I can see it just because I can't. I still can't decide what on earth team they play. Never mind where they finish. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you, Ash. Before you move on, the um, one, one of the things Scott directing your podcast. Uh, one of the things that um, happened last year because in neutral venues, every it got you know the whole tournament kind of condensed. Everybody got a lot closer together, apart from Mumbai Indians who were head and shoulders above everybody else. All of the other teams going into the like, the last two rounds were still able to qualify. And the points at the end of the season were, I think there's about four points separated seventh from third or something like that. It was ridiculous. Um, and we we're on neutral venues again. So we might get a very close tournament again where we get the likes of KKR and RCB and stuff all in the mix come the last game, which will be quite exciting. Yeah, that's what we want. A bit like the Big Bash. Keep it, keep it get going and keep it as close as possible. Always good. Next up is, of course, the most successful team, your favourite team as well. And that is... The Mumbai Indians, obviously, everyone knows, led by Rohit Sharma. They've got Kyron Pollard. They've got Quinton de Kock. They've got themselves uh, Jasprit Bummer as well. And then, as the English commentators would say, they've got the young guns, Ishan Kishan, Sky, and the Pandyas. Obviously, to people who actually know or do the research on cricket, we wouldn't necessarily say Sky or either the Pandyas are particularly young guns, but they are big names, and they've added... A couple of, I think we'd say maybe squad players on, sort of Jimmy Neesham, Adam Milne to, to back up probably Trent Bolt, you would expect. And they've also signed Arjun Tendulkar, which feels like more of a signing just to keep Dad happy, but an interesting one nonetheless. If, you, if you're going to keep anybody happy in Indian cricket, you might as well keep Sachin happy. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, I mean, I think you're right, the signings they brought in. Um, probably would make some of the other teams, but I think they'll be on the bench. But it kind of shows you, Mahela Jai Wardner, he's a really astute guy. Um, he's passionate about his cricket. He thinks really hard. He's one of the key reasons why they've had uh, the recent success they have had. And the uh, likes of Nathan Coulter-Nile, Adam Milne, um, Pius Chawl has come back in, um, James Neesham. And yeah, there's a young lad called Marco Jensen as well, who I don't know too much about, but he's thought to be, you know, thought of quite well. He's a big unit, I think, who can hit the ball quite hard and, mm. and, and, and bowl it quite quick. 
but they've all been brought in, I think, to be kind of like one step behind one of the team, one of the first 11, so that if they do have any injuries and stuff, they've got somebody that's pretty decent to call call on. But Mumbai Indians, as you say, they're my team, um, so I am a little bit biased, but they are the, they are the most um, balanced side. You mentioned some of the um, guys, I mean, the Krunal Paniyas, the Suri Kumi Yadavs, the Ishan Kishans, who are really good talents anyway, are coming in off the one-day series against England where they've made the debuts and are obviously going to be quite pleased with how that went because they won the series and they did themselves proud too. So um, there's going to be a huge amount of belief in that team um, because most of the careers of uh, the players that are in that squad are going in the right direction. They've got loads of confidence. They've won the tournament the last two years. It's been um, held. If they win it this time, they'll be the first team to win it three times in a row. They've got a record five trophies behind them and the reason I got into them in the first place is because they didn't win a tournament for six years and I quite like the underdogs um, and it's ruined that for me now they just win all the time um, <laughs> but they uh, yeah but they've got a terrific team um, and I can't see I to put it this way if they don't win the IPL somebody's gonna have to play very very well to beat them yeah I, I had a suspicion that you may suggest they will finish top and I think I can't see past them finishing top. I think they're just they are well, just too well balanced and too strong. The only way the only way I see them not finishing top is if they do a Netflix series because that that series that's when they were awful, wasn't it? <laughs> and yet well, they I, still I, almost did it. <laughs> well, I, I had um, Jimmy Pummett, the uh, um, fielding coach for Mumbai Indians, on the podcast the other day, and he, that was his first season. And he said that when he went in there, they'd won the tournament the previous year. And I think a few of them had kind of, they were watching the cameras more than the coaches and they were kind of getting a little bit kind of starstruck because they were well, feeling like stars because the cameras were following them everywhere. And for the first half of that season, they took the eye off the ball a little bit. And then when they got serious, they came back into it, but just missed out. But I mean, they're probably the most professional unit out there in, in the IPL. They've got every single base covered from, you know, in playing staff and coaching staff. Um, and yeah, you're right. I'm going to put them down as winners. Like I say, you've got most of them playing for India, and you've got Pollard's just come off the back of hitting six sixes as well. So, I mean, Pollard's, I mean, he, he is built like a tree trunk. Yeah. I mean, you talk, you talk about um, Andre Russell, but I mean, Kieran Pollard, as a hitter, as a useful bowler of a few overs, and as a pretty, you know, a cricket brain that's in their leadership group as well, he knows his stuff. And he, he's the sort of person that is really good for the, like, you know, Mahela J. Wardner. He's going to look at Jasper Bummer in the bowling department, Kieran Pollard for his experience, Rohit Sharma. You've got a pretty decent leadership group there, haven't you? You would like to think so, wouldn't you? You'd be a bit disappointed if not. Next up is talking of rebrands earlier. Someone, a team who've decided to go for the old rebrand and I hope it might bring some um, new luck to them. And that is. The newly named Punjab Kings, previously the Kings Eleven Punjab. I'll give them points there just for picking a more sensible sounding name to me. Kings Eleven Punjab never quite made sense to me, so I think Punjab Kings I can I can get behind a bit more. They finished sixth last year. From memory, started really poor and then sort of bought Chris Galen, the universe boss himself, and got a bit of a kickstart. And we're still in with a chance. We've not long to go but they've got Gail they've got Puran Jordan Rahul Shami Agawal really recognisable names and then I've been impressed by their signings adding David Milan obviously world's number one T20 batsman if you believe the ICC's rankings they've added Jai Richardson in he's cost a pretty penny Moises Enriquez and Riley Meredith all players who I know we we loved during the big bash do, do we think they're going to be enough to make them genuine contenders this year? 
I think they're interesting. They're going to be exciting to watch. I mean, Chris Gale, you mentioned he's always worth a watch. It might last two balls or it might last 60 and he walks off with 100, but he's always interesting. They've got a young bowler called Ravi Bishnoi, who, um, a young leggy who bowled really nicely last time. I think he's still only 20, but he's got a massive future if uh, his kind of like learning curve continues on the same kind of trajectory. Jai Richardson and Riley Meredith coming in from Australia. Um, two bowlers that absolutely ripped up the the big bash. I mean, Jai Richardson finished up the leading wicket taker by a mile, but whether the Indian tracks will suit them quite as much, that remains to be seen. So the kind of jury's out a little bit on that too. Um, Sherrick Khan's a good all-rounder. Moises Enriquez comes in as a very experienced Aussie all-rounder as well. David Milan, you mentioned, who... I don't know whether he starts in this team, which is bizarre. I mean, it's kind of... David Milan's really weird. For England... Everybody questions him, despite the fact he's world number one and he averages over 50 in T20 internationals, but people still want to get rid of him. And then he walks into an IPL team with the world number one tag, and he's probably got Poor and Gale. Who else is there? You've got Gale the... Rahul. Uh, K.L. Rahul's going to open the batting with Mayank Agarwal, probably, because they were one of the most successful opening partnerships last season. Um, and then you've got your all-rounders lining up to come in next, haven't you? So whether David Milan gets in that side is, is still... Um, going to be quite interesting to see but it's going to be interesting they came very very close last time um, to qualifying I reckon they might just fall short again but it's, they're going to be an interesting team to watch it's, going, it's not going to be a smooth ride they're going to win some and lose some yeah I think I think they may be the most exciting team of the lot I think they're the sort of team I feel like could be really disappointing one game and only at 80-90 and get absolutely hammered yeah. and then other games be a team who could go in at 230 or something bizarre I- with, um, with that we'll, lineup. we'll talk about our RCB in a minute, but Glenn Maxwell, who's obviously one of the most famous cricketers on the planet, is capable of playing some ridiculous innings and uh, bowling some tidy overs. He was absolutely shocking for them last season. And um, they've binned him off, but you can guarantee he's going to go somewhere else and probably light up the tournament, isn't he? So Kings Eleven, I think, got very unlucky with him last year and decided to offload his wages and spend that somewhere else. And obviously a lot of that's gone to buying in Jai Richardson and the like, isn't it? But... Uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they go because they could produce a couple of cracking games and knock a few off their pedestal um, and they could go quite a long way or they could be utter rubbish. It's, <laughs> you know, it's one of those, you could, they're a team, you can usually sort of, all, all the teams we, we talked about so far, I've given you a fairly firm guide as to where they're going to go. The Kings 11, anything could happen. <laughs> Make sure we watch a bit of Kings Eleven then, or Punjab Kings, should I say? Next up is. Do, do you want to know where they finish? Do you want to, oh, you want go to know on then. Go on then. Give us a number. I've got them in seventh. Oh, seventh. I've gone eighth because I've been eighth to register. Well, next up is almost. I guess you could class them as Team England. It's Rajasthan Royals, obviously famed for having Stokes, Butler, Joffre Archer. Looks likely to miss the first half, but seems hopeful that he might manage the second half of the IPL season. Now captain by Sanju Sampson, now that they got rid of Steve Smith. I think that was quite a good decision, if I'm being honest. Last year were famed, I guess, for, for Rahul Tawatia, pulling off one of the most stupendous knocks we've seen. And this year they've added Liam Livingston's comeback. Um, hopefully he might get a couple of games now, maybe, but it's hard to see where. But the, the big purchase was, of course, Chris Morris, which... Raised some eyebrows. Other people thought it was a really good signing. They finished last last year. Could the signing of Livingston, Morris, uh, Shivam Doob, have, have they got enough to to support that firepower of Archer, Butler, Stokes? Can can they be a team that actually really challenges this year or are they going to be the wooden spoon again? They're going to need to have their 
um, top players at their very best, I think, to um, to do anything in the tournament. Um, Kim Sangakara has gone in there, and Kim Sangakara is a, a really good cricket brain, so he's going to be an asset to them. But, I mean, Chris Morris is a signing. Um, I wouldn't stop any team signing him because he's a good player. You know, he can hit some fast runs at, like, number eight in the order, and he, he bowls pretty tight overs in a T20. But whether he's worth breaking the IPL record for is a completely different debate, and I'd say no. Because he can be injured quite a bit as well. He's not got the best mm. of um, fitness records. So that's that's a big risk. It just shows you how desperate they were for somebody to kind of partner up with Joffre Archer. And then, of course, they spend um, 16.25 crore on bringing in Chris Morris. Then Joffre is going to miss a load of games, so they're not going to be able to partner up until probably at least the fifth or sixth game. They talk about him being out for four games, but he, you know, I'm not quite sure that Joffre's... Um, that close to fitness just yet. And he's a massive thing for them. He was their, um, their best bowler by not just a country mile, but about a country marathon last year. He was just uh, in a different league for them. He bowled brilliantly. And nobody else really backed him up. So they're looking around that dressing room for a few people to stand up. They've got a few young players in there that I like. Um, Kartik Toyaki is a young Indian fast bowler who bowls, you know, decent licks and uh, he, he's going to get better um, and working with Morris and um, and Arch is going to help that, and that's one of the joys of this tournament. You got you know young players coming through that learn off some of these uh, these mega stars, and that includes some of the young overseas that go there. They learn from learn from the best as well. Yeah, I, I just that. I mean, Josh Butler can be a bit hit and miss. Ben Stokes, they need to keep him fit, and when he's when Ben Stokes is hot in T20, he's brilliant. But his T20 record isn't the best. You know, he's, you look at his test record, it's great. ODIs are fantastic. His T20s, his weakest link. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Rahul Tawati, that innings you mentioned last year, was one of the highlights of the IPL for me. He came in and the commentators were talking him out. They were just saying, he'd, he chewed up so many balls at the start of his innings, looking like a rabbit in the headlights. And just, they, they basically said, he needs to get out of here because he's losing this game. And then about, scroll on about five minutes, he'd hit Sheldon Cottrell for 13 and over. Um, and had won the game and he's walking off as an absolute hero. So it kind of brought into the um, English dialect or into the cricket dialect uh, to be Tawatiad, which meant down and out and then coming back to win the game. But um, they're going to need that kind of fight this time because, uh, I mean, there are some great names in that team, but I just think as a unit, they were just lacking. And um, just final point on Rajasthan Royal, Sanju Samson's been made their captain. Now, I don't know too much about his captaincy credentials, but he's an important batsman for them. And sometimes that doesn't help, does it? If you're captain, you've got all of that on your mind. He's very inconsistent as it comes. Now, it might make him dead consistent. And he, could, he could have the best tournament he's ever had. But I just think that's a little bit of a risk. I'd have been tempted to have given it to Joss Butler or somebody that was a bit more experienced. So do we think then they are still the wooden spoon side? Are we still putting them in eight? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, They um, their last two performances um, were seventh. Then they were eighth last year. They can't get ninth, so they're going to be eighth again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think sadly, Luke... Had Archer been fit for the full tournament, I'd have maybe been hopeful that they could they could they could challenge a bit higher up. But I think they're in desperate need of that major auction next year, and I think hopefully Touchwood they may they may improve from that because a team with so many great England players in it, it's a little bit disappointing when you see that no matter how good they play, they still finish bottom of the league that's the reason why I've gone for seven, just because of the, if it wasn't for Butler and Stokes and obviously Archer when he plays. I, they definitely be eight. <laughs> I tell you, those those three guys, if, if they're fit and they, they play well, are massively important for them. Um, they they are the guys that could take them up from eighth if uh, if they play well and all three of them play well, then they could get a little bit further up. But I'm, I'm not so sure. Blackratcricket.com. 
Handmade English willow bats. They do have a cashmere range for bats 0 to 4. Starter kit all the way to pro level kit. They're based in Yorkshire. There is team wear available and there is a new signature range coming soon in February. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. Next up is probably the second or third most famous team in the competition. The Neely Vans. They can't quite do it, can't quite manage it, but they're captained by Virat Kohli. Um, I know that James, like me, you um, question Virat Kohli's captaincy quite a bit, as do I. So they finished fourth last year, um, but they still haven't won it. They, they, they splash the cash, they go for these big names, but they, they just do not manage it. They've got Obviously, Coley, they've got A.B. de Villiers alongside him. They've added some big names again this year. Glenn Maxwell, big money spent on Kyle Jameson. They've also got Daniel Sams and Kane Richardson, who I feel might be more of a backup player. And they've got the person I'm most excited about in world cricket at the moment, Finn Allen signed for him, but I sadly don't think he'll probably play much. But again, 18-ball 50, was it, this morning? Cracking player. Can't wait to see him for Lanks. And my favourite named player in the competition, Sachin Baby. <laughs> well, I just love it. So we've got Sachin's actual baby and we have Sachin Baby. What more do you want? Do we think RCB might actually finally do it? I'm going to say no, but if they've got the names or they've got certainly some of the names. They've always had the names. You look back <laughs> to RCB's teams, they have always had the big stars. They've always had the kind of glitziest of squads. Um, but they've always played less than the sum of their parts uh, and disappointed. The thing with RCB is they can come on and they can score 280 and they can have two centurions and they can bowl out the opposition for 45 or something like that and, and create records. And then the next week, the reverse will happen and they'll be absolutely thumped by somebody. Cause, so the inconsistency um, is legendary with them. I think, um, I mean, Carl Jameson as a, as a purchase is interesting because I don't think he's ever set a foot in India before. Um, and so despite the fact that he's had a good record with New Zealand, you know, bowling on some seeming tracks in New Zealand when the ball maybe moves around a little bit is different to bowling on the dust bowls of, of, of Chennai and Delhi. So that's going to be an interesting signing because he's gone for 15 crore, which I think was the second most expensive at the auction. Um, Glenn Maxwell's gone in there uh, and he is a showman. He'll love the Rasmataz of RCB and he might thrive in that arena. And he adds a little bit of strength in the middle order for them as well, which is something they've missed. And I think probably one of the best signings at the auction was Dan Christian. Uh, we talked about him a lot, Ash, on the Big Bash. Yeah. Um, Sydney Sixers captain, Sydney Sixers won. He was at Knotts Outlaws, Knotts Outlaws won. I think his CPL team won as well. I think wherever he's been, they've been lifting trophies. So he's almost worth buying just purely on that basis. Um, but he adds a lot of experience and he adds, um, he's a very good cricketer as well. And he knows his way around a T20 match. So, you know, Virat Kohli um, is somebody that I don't rate particularly as a T20 um, captain. But he is a captain that uh, listens to players and he'll know that Dan Christian comes in with a lot of knowledge and he'll, t- I think Virat Kohli will talk to him a lot um, as RCB go through. So I am, I'm actually, you know, it could fall flat on its face because J- the Jameson signing could be rubbish. Glenn Maxwell could have another year like he did last year and RCB could just underachieve again. A.B. De Villiers is one of my favourite cricketers on the planet. He's capable of doing stuff that nobody else can do. When, he, when he's on song and he's playing his best cricket... There's nobody better to watch than A.B. de Villiers and Virat Kohli's not far behind him. So they've got some real match winners in that side. Um, I've got them down to finish fourth, but nothing would surprise me with RCB. They could win the competition by a mile or they could finish eighth. 
yeah, I think RCB are always they're always guaranteed to be exciting, but as you say, there's no there is just no predicting, and it sounds daft when you've got Virat Kohli, AB de Villiers. You say, oh, I can't predict what they're going to do, but you just you really can't. I mean, I guess at least they are now. They look stronger in the bowling department with Siraj Sainz, Saini. You've got uh, Washington Sundar, Charhal. They have got better Indian bowling options, but I think I would have them about the same. I think they'll make the the playoffs, but I don't. I just don't think there'll be enough in the knockout stages. The, the problem with RCB is they spend so much money on Virat. They spend most of the rest of their purse on AB de Villiers. Now they spent the rest of it on Carl Jamieson. The rest of them have run about £10 a game. Um, yeah, because all of the money goes on three or four players, and then the rest of it's kind of shared around the rest. And that, you know, so you get the stars, you get the major stars, but you know, yeah, some of the um, the lesser lights there, obviously good cricketers, but they're not quite the same quality. And last but not least, Sunrisers had Erebad. They finished third last year. The the team in orange. For the, anyone who's probably watched a bit of IPL, that's probably the most noticeable thing about them, especially when Johnny Bairstow's got his uh, ginger hair alongside. I, I think these are possibly the ultimate team when it comes to looking at what a great set of overseas they've got, but also what pointless some how pointless some of these overseas are. I mean, Mitch Marsh has dropped out, so he's been replaced by Jason Roy, and yet I don't see how on if he ever gets a game because he has David Warner, Johnny Bairstow, and Kane Williamson ahead of him, who are all going to bat in that top three surely, or would if they play them in the top three. You've got Jason Holder there as the all-rounder who did really well for him, as, or did pretty well for him, should we say, last year when he came in and actually took Bairstow's spot as an overseas. You've got Rashid Khan, who's nailed on to, to play, and then you've got his Afghani friends, contingent brothers with him in Mohammed Nabi and Majib Rahman, who, again, you don't... Great bowlers and great players, but again, it's hard to see where they get... They managed to get a game, and I look at sunrises and I think, "Wow, what a what overseas!" But then I realise that they've only allowed four, and it just seems a little bit silly. It's always been sunrises' problem when you've got Warner, Bairstow, and Williamson. You've got three of the best white ball players in the world cricket. Warner's won the um, the orange cap for the the leading batsman in the tournament three times in the past. Bairstow can smack the ball a mile. Kane Williamson's the the mo- one of the best all round batsmen in world cricket. So. Um, as you say, Johnny Bairstow got dropped last year to bring in Jason Holder, who did really well. And they came, they came from behind last year to get into the playoffs. And uh, Jason Holder was a big feature in that. But you know, if you, so if you play all four of them, that's that's your four overseas gone, and that's before you even think about Rashid Khan, as you said. And you're not going to not play him. Um, so they actually moved Ridimin Sahar, the keeper batsman, up to open with David Warner last year. Dropped Johnny Bairstow and brought Jason Holder in at number seven. Trevor Bayliss, I think Jason Roy's got some photographs on Trevor Bayliss. I think he's got some dodgy <laughs> pictures um, because uh, it was under Trevor Bayliss that Jason Roy got into the test team and now he's got an IPL deal out of it as well. So the negatives are, are basically hidden in a vault somewhere to bribe Trevor Bayliss. I mean, it's not to say Jason Roy's not a good player, but it's just why does why is it Sunrisers that have bought him? Because they just don't need him and it makes no sense. Um, but Sunrisers are a really good side they have not failed. They've um, never failed to make the playoffs in the last five incarnations of the IPL. They won it in 2016, third last year, and I think they're going to go a long way this time. David Warner's going to be key, and David Warner's not had the best year of his career. But if he's fit and has the bit between his teeth, then they, their only weakness, Sunrise, is in, is in that middle order. And um, when they're relying on the Indian talent and they've got some young kind of like middle order batsmen there, and they need them to kind of grow up and score runs in those middle middle overs, um, because when the top order gets blown away, 
Sometimes Sun Rosers haven't got too much left to come in behind them, but obviously that top order is a very good top order. And their bowling attack is one of the best in the competition. Any team with Rashid Khan in it can win games. So Sun Rosers will go a long way in this tournament. They'll always be a tough team to beat. And they're my beaten finalists against the Mumbai Indians. Ooh. Well, I must admit, I do think Sunrisers, I agree, got to make the playoffs. My um, outside prediction is that David Warner doesn't end up playing by the end of the tournament just because I've got, I feel like that's, that groin might not be as good as, as they may be hoping. I wonder if maybe that's why Jason Roy and maybe also the reason why they kept both Bairstow and Williamson. I just it's, wonder if he might not be quite that fully fit. It's nothing to do with the voodoo doll of David Warner you've got behind you that you stuck your pins <laughs> in his groin. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. Oh, David. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Together, we save balls. So that's all the teams covered off. Now, one other thing that uh, people might not know, but James also runs a sort of a betting podcast, a podcast looking at um, bets on not just cricket, but also other sports, golf and different things. You were really, really good, I would say, in the Big Bash League. That annoyed me because I'll be honest, I said I remember saying Alex Hales for top run scorer in the first pod we did. Didn't ever think of putting a bet on it. And then when I, you told me, as all what the odds were available, I was absolutely kicking myself. He, he was twenty-five so, to one. He was twenty-five to one to be top scorer in the Big Bash, and uh, and led it pretty much all the way through from about ten games in, didn't he? Yeah, crazy. Um, and we won't talk about Alex Hales again because we, it's a debate that we seem to have nearly every week about the fact we want him in the England side. So we'll leave that one. But I'm looking for three tips now for for the followers because let's be honest, dude, we know full well that quite a good proportion of the North Staff League. Likes a bit of a gamble, normally on the football lackers, but why not let's get him on a bit of a cricky-tacker. I'll tell you what, Ash, I'll give you four tips, because I I actually recorded something this afternoon which gave four tips, so I might as well give them to you. Um, It'd be selfish of me to keep them to to myself, wouldn't it? (laughs) Um, So, I mean, the first one I'm going to give you is not, after what we've just said, not the first two, after what we've just said, probably come as not too much of a surprise. Um, all of these are off odds checker, by the way, so you get the best prices that way. Um, they may change, but this afternoon they were live, so the prices are right uh, reasonably recently. But Mumbai Indians, um, they are hot favourites to win this tournament. But if they play, if every team plays its best, Mumbai Indians win because they just have too much for other teams. And they've got a, you know, a great bowling attack, top batting lineup, balance all the way through. The neutral venue side of stuff, they've got such a good squad that they can cope with that, whereas some teams might not be able to. I think CSK might struggle with that. So Mumbai Indians to win the IPL at 5-2, to two, not your most um, your biggest price, but if a 5-2 lands, 
It's better than an eight to one that doesn't, isn't it? So exactly. I think that, I think that lands. Um, you can get to, for teams to make the playoffs, to make the finals, all different kind of markets available. But but we just talked about Sunrisers Hyderabad. Um, the fact that they've made the playoffs for the last five seasons, I think they just know how to get through, how to circumnavigate a group phase to get themselves into that latter stage. And they are 10 to 11. So just around about even money um, for Sunrises to make the top four. That's happened the last five years. You know, on, do your stats, do your maths, even money shout roughly for Sunrises to make the top four just makes a lot of sense. Top batsmen in the tournament. There are a lot of good options for this, obviously, because you've got some of the best players in the world. But... I think Mumbai are going to have a really good tournament. They're going to make at least the playoffs if they don't win it. Um, so they're going to play a lot of games. Ishan Kishan comes into this tournament um, off the back of making his debut. He's a young lad that's just getting better year on year. He's fearless. He goes out there. He doesn't die wondering, does he? He's, he's, you know, he gets his runs quickly. Um, he's 16-1 to 1 to be the top scorer in the IPL. And... I think there's worse bets. He's going to be, you know, usually for that market, you go for a batsman in the top three, an opener or a number three, who you know are going to get in and face a lot of balls. Ishan Kishan's going to do exactly that. And uh, I think that's 16 to 1 on him. He's a really good price. If he gets off to a good start, you never know. He could be absolutely dominant all the way through. Um, and then the uh, the top bowler uh, market, this is a little bit of more of a safe choice. But again, it's an 8 to 1 shot that I think has got serious legs. Jasprit Bumrah is the best bowler in the world in white ball cricket. On his own surfaces in India, he knows exactly what to do. You've got um, Kahisa Rabada, who won it last year, who's going to miss some of the early games. Rashid Khan's a, a big threat to him. Have a look at Rashid Khan as well in this market because he's worth a look. It might be worth actually just splitting your stakes between Bumrah and Rashid Khan. And you've got the best paceman and the best spinner in the world game on your side. But Jasprit Bumrah is 8-1. to 8-1 to one is a decent enough price on somebody that will be he'll definitely be in the top five bowlers in the tournament. If he doesn't win it, he's not going to be far away. Great. So I'm sure Aid will be going and putting his bets on down <laughs> local Stan James on him. All, all other betting partners are available. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll have a, have a little dabble. And to be fair, I might in a minute. So I'm sure we'll add that on. But I think really, James, that's all we've sort of got for you tonight. But is there anything you'd like to just sort of add? Any teams you'd like to suggest or followers to support? And... Obviously, give give the Cricket Badger podcast a plug because it is a really, really good listen that I've loved being a part of. Oh, you just you just sold it for me, haven't you? <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cricket Badger podcast, we're going to be doing a daily IPL. Um, Ash has been part of the big bash ones over the winter and, and part of the uh, India against England pods that we've done over the last couple of months. But into IPL action now, doing the previews at the moment. And we come on just after every game each day, have a natter about the game and talk about whatever is uh, an issue of the day. And um, that comes out uh, around about an hour or so after each game every day um, as we go through the IPL. And the IPL starts on the 9th of April, goes through for a couple of months. So it'll keep me busy, keep me off the streets for a bit. <laughs> And that's what we need. Don't want to be on the streets for certain. <laughs> right, well, a big, big thank you for joining us, James. Now, we're not going to put James through the pain of joining in with the North Staff chat because I'm sure for a Yorkshireman up in Bradford, that's just going to going to send him to sleep. So we'll let James escape from us now. But a huge thank you for joining us, James. And please, people, go and give the Cricket Badger podcast a listen if you don't already because it is a really, really good lesson. Ash, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for being on my podcast and uh, thank you for inviting me on yours. Brought to you in association with Who Knows Wins, put your money where your mates are, and play along with the Cricket Badger. Thanks for listening. We'll be back every day throughout IPL 14.
Have your say on Twitter on at cricket underscore badger. We'll see you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.